I am joined by Chris Mason um, from the Eagle Tribune. Chris, how you doing? Great, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. Before we get going, though, I want to uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and can find your work. Uh, yeah, I'm at by Chris Mason on Twitter, um, and then all the, all this stuff. Uh, so I, I work for the CNHI newspaper chain, but the Eagle Tribune is the biggest of those papers. So um, the easiest way to find that is just eaglestribune.com um, slash sports. All right, awesome. Um, but let's just jump right into it. Um, this year you covered, you went down to Florida, Fort Myers, covered spring training. Um, how was it? Was this your, how many years have you cut, went down and covered the team? Uh, so this is my third season on the beat, but only my second spring training because uh, I got hired right at the end of that first year. But, I mean, spring training was pretty good. Uh, I mean, the only downside was having to live with Cotillo, who I heard you had on here. So oh, yeah. <laughs> condolences for that. But, uh, no, man, it was great. It's good. Uh, it's a different uh, different vibe down there. It's uh, really laid back, easy to get guys. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good spring. So um, just talk about your, like, day-to-day uh you know, what do you do day to day? Like you just wake up, go to JetBlue, um, stay however long and then go back and write. So like, what's the, what's on the agenda each day? So it's really sweet before games start. So every day, no matter what, there's an 8am clubhouse availability. So the clubhouse is open from eight to nine. So you get there. Um, and then, uh, they'll have workouts. Usually workouts go until like 11. They're on the backfields there. So you can go and watch those. Um, and then they'll open the clubhouse again for another hour. So early in spring training, you can basically like, if you do your work, you're productive. I mean, you can get out of there by one and get some really good stuff at the same time. Uh, once games start, it's a much longer process. It's still, uh, showing up there at eight or maybe eight fifteen in my case. <laughs> but, uh, then, uh, I mean, there's still like, not everyone's playing every day. So there's still guys working out. There's different things you can go and watch. Like, Remember one day, Pedroia had a live batting practice, so everyone was, you know, watching him take swings. Um, then the games in the afternoon, um, talk to the manager beforehand, get him after, and then uh, the clubhouse opens. It's kind of funny, like, if it's one of those days where the starters or, uh, you know, the big guns are only playing three innings, they'll open the clubhouse in, like, the fifth inning so you can get them before they leave. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a day in the life there. And it all depends on, like, what you're working on on a given day, whether it's, like, a feature story, maybe you need to talk to, like, these four people, it's not that often you're actually writing off the game because, you know, they're relatively meaningless. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of a day in the life. Yeah, that's, you know, that sounds pretty sweet. Um, but you don't go to, back down uh, to Florida at all before opening day, do you? No, I won't. So this year I did – last year I did like two weeks at the beginning and a week at the end. Mm-hmm. And this year I, we just did a month straight because it made sense getting a – so I was at a condo with the two kids from Mass Live, so we split that three ways for a month and – that worked out beautifully. And then they start in Seattle. Last year it made sense to go down at the end again, too, because they started in Tampa Bay and then Miami. Um, but, yeah, this year they're out in Seattle, so that's a whole nother trip. Yeah, I saw where Cotillo tweeted, um, I think it was like the first day you guys uh, were down there that you guys should have went live like the entire time in your condo. <laughs> that would have been great entertainment. Oh, it would have been something, man. <laughs> All right. We had a so we were we were in like a gated community there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the condo was within. It was like a retirement community. I think we were the only people in the whole place that were under like eighty years old. <laughs> but um, they have a gate that closes at six o'clock every day. And one day our thing to get in just randomly stopped working, 
and we like the guy wasn't going to be back for three days or something that for, like works on those things. So we either had to be like out, we had to be back by six or like try and hop over this gate and get through. It was a whole mess, man. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. And I was, I was like the delegated gate jumper too. It was, it was a whole thing, but yeah. uh, it, it all worked out. Yeah, you guys should have definitely gotten that on a uh, video. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, Mass Live live streams everything. I'm shocked that they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's just jump uh, right into the next topic, the hot topic surrounding spring training uh, so far as the Red Sox bullpen. Um, what are your thoughts um, this early on the Red Sox bullpen? I mean, I'm shocked they didn't add an arm this winter. Um, you know, I thought you had so many of these guys available, whether you wanted like a Robertson or Herrera, those or a Miller. We're going for like not huge money, but like decent money. I, I like Robertson a lot just as someone that's been very consistent, can close or cannot close. And that way, because, I mean, you're either going to throw Barnes or Brazier into that ninth inning fire, right? Mm-hmm. If you have someone like Robertson, you can kind of ease them into that where like, all right, you don't have to close every day. Like you're going to, we're going to like, you know, get your feet wet first and then you can grow into that role. So I was pretty shocked that they didn't add anyone. I mean, I actually, we're working on a special section for when the season starts and I, I was just writing on the bullpen between Kelly and Kimbrell that not only was that like an all-star closer and then your best pitcher in the playoffs or your best reliever in Kelly, but that was 128 regular season innings between the two of them. And you just haven't replaced that. So I don't see where that's really coming from. Yeah. That, that just doesn't make sense to me. I, I kind of saw early on, you know, I figured that um, they'd let Kelly walk, let Kimbrel walk, and then we'd sign, uh, you know, a guy like Ottavino. But um, at this point, I just think that, you know, uh, the you know ownership told Dombrowski, you know, no more spending. But uh, if that's the case, I I just don't understand why you would would not want to spend and get a guy for you know, two years when you have a chance to go, you know, back to back. Um, but, you know, who knows? Um, so my next question is, do you think there's a possibility that the team could make any bullpen moves before opening day? I mean, I think there always is with Dave. I mean, you have to, like, he's never afraid to, like, make a deal. And especially when you look at the catching situation right now. And you have one of those three guys is going to be moved in the next two weeks. You'd think relief help would make the most sense, right? Like, that's the by far the biggest area of need. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if they added someone, but at the same time, I mean, Dave said all along this winter, like, I, well, I don't, I don't foresee a big expenditure there. And thus far he hasn't done it. Right. Yeah. That's, so, that's, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see a move. Yeah. And the thing that I guess I didn't look into uh, Dave's comments as much because, you know, that's, you know, uh, normal GM talk, but, Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I he was being honest, and um, I think I wrote, I wrote a piece the other day talking about, you know, the state of the bullpen, um, and I threw out a question. Do you think the – I know it's spring training, but do you think the bullpen's performance so far has um, ch- changed the Red Sox stance on bringing back Kimbrell on, like, a one-year contract? I don't really think so, just because, like – Early, you haven't really seen a lot of the guys that you're going to be relying on. I mean, Thornburg's the only one that they've trotted out there a bunch, and he's a notoriously slow starter no matter what. Like, he's never been good in the spring, so it usually takes him, like, six or seven outings to kind of get his footing under him. I mean, I think losing right definitely hurts. And then the other thing that I would be concerned about is, so spring training, like, the results are what they are. 
Workman's velocity has not been what it was. He was topping out at like 94 last year in August, September, like when the playoffs were rolling around. And that's where he can live. Like if he has a 94-mile-an-hour fastball on that curveball, like he can be a productive member. That fastball is 89, 90. That's not the same guy. So yeah. I think that's a cause for concern. But I still don't know if it's enough to, you know, force them to make a move just because, you know, this is kind of the group they were expecting, right? Like this is this is how they started it. So I'm not sure that it's the performance as much as just like the state of the roster. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's spring training, I get that. So I, I just don't know what to think at this point because I'm still kind of shocked uh, that they didn't bring an arm in. But um, So we'll get into the bullpen more later. But uh, right now the next topic I have on the list is um, Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia has been a hot topic all spring training also. So, um, you know, what are your expect- expectations for Pedroia this season? Man, it's so hard to predict. I think it's interesting that right off the bat, the Red Sox have tempered their expectations where uh, in like the when spring training opened, Dave Dombrowski said, like, hey, we're hopeful he can play 125 games for us. So it's like, all right, even with that workload, you're building in basically 40, 40 games off, right? But the biggest thing, like he's acknowledged that he needs to play differently if he wants to keep playing. It sounded so weird when he said it, but he's like, there's a time where, hey, if it's a 10-run game and there's a ball at the middle that maybe I can get, maybe I can't, I should let that go. And I think the pitcher will understand I can't bang my knee. But it's just, can he change his DNA? You know, like he's never played like that ever. And I don't know if, like, in-game, if that's going to, uh, you know, be a split-second bang-bang thing or if he's actually going to be able to do that. Yeah, and no The other thing I noticed... No, go on. I was just, just going to say, the other thing I noticed in terms of the knees that he's not doing his little jump step before. Like, yeah, before yeah. every pitch, he would do the like two steps jump in the air and then get into position he's kind of nixed that or at least like toned it down a lot um so he's definitely cognizant of it but it's just like when real games start i i wonder how that can hold up yeah and knowing pedroia's nature uh he's you know a hard-nosed guy and hearing those comments from him is just like weird because you know i've i've always heard him you know say the opposite like he's gonna he's gonna go all out and you know, I just don't know if he'll, uh, you know, live up to that. But um, yeah, like you said, I was gonna mention that the like whole whole, whole hop thing. Um, I think Bradford might have put out a video um, of like him doing it and like uh, like zoomed in and um, yeah, I, I really do think that's you know something to look look at. But at this point, I just don't know if we can get a little bit out of him. You know, I'm happy because. I just my expectations for him aren't that high. He's getting, you know, to the tail end of his career. He's had injury after injury. I just don't know what to expect at this point. Yeah, and just if you look at it this way, anything you get out of him is more than you did last year, right? If you yeah, get exactly. more than three games, that's more than he gave you in a year the, the Sox won the World Series. So I, I guess he's another guy that you kind of look at. It's like it's gravy if he contributes, but it's hard to count on it. Yeah. Um. So going back. To the bullpen, um, a guy that's been talked about a lot, um, not just in the spring, but when he was first drafted, Durbin Feltman. Uh, we had him on as soon as he was drafted. Great guy. Um, we've talked about we talked about him at the end of last season when he could make an impact with the Red Sox. Um, today was his first outing. Um, it's a pretty solid outing. Uh, struck out the first two batters, and then walked a guy and picked a guy off to end the game, which is uh, something. And 
I, I just I with the state of the bullpen, do you do you see Feltman making an impact this season? I think he will certainly at some point, but I don't know if that'll be right off the bat just because you have so many of these guys that are now out of options where like before you had some flexibility. Right now I think of the regular bullpen guys, Hector Velasquez is the only one that has options left. And I think the Red Sox still want him in there, one, because, I mean, he was pretty good last year, and two, because they're going with six starters to start the year. So I, I think that they're like him and Johnson are definitely going to be safe in there. Um, but as the season goes on, especially if he pitches well in Pawtucket or wherever he starts, I mean, he was only single A last year, but I can certainly see him making an impact. And just he's one of those guys that you don't know how much, like what, how much can he really gain in the minors at this point because, you know, He's pretty much what he is. He's a two. He's got two very good pitches. Um, I mean, I guess you can always get into more game situations. It's never going to hurt you. But I don't know how much like refining there is to do with them. I mean, the raw stuff is there. You saw that slider today. It was nasty. Oh yeah. But I think there's a few of those guys that you'll see crack the big leagues at some point this year. Um, Hernandez is another one who Cora has already said like, yeah, expect him to contribute at some point. It won't be. Uh, it won't be opening day, and it won't just be like roster call-ups. Sometime in July, I'm sure we're going to need him. And I think Lakin is another arm like that where, I mean, he, he showed you something last year and is another, like, intriguing arm that I think we'll see at some point. Yeah, and the thing about Lakin's, I was kind of surprised he didn't get called up last year. Uh, I kind of expected that. But, um, yeah, Lakin's is another guy to look for. But Feltman is the, you know, the arm that I'm really uh, watching at this point. Um, going into the next topic, I, I did not um, put this into the rundown until this morning um, just because it came out this morning. Uh, the MLB announced a couple rule changes. Um, the trade deadline, no trade after July 31st. Uh, and uh, what, what were some other ones? Um, the 40-man roster, like they've reduced that or whatever. Uh, but the main one that you know everyone's talking about is uh, a reliever coming in facing a three batter minimum. What are your initial thoughts on that? I can see both sides of it. I can definitely see them wanting to minimize pitching changes and just how many there are and how specialized that is. But I saw Rich Hill made a pretty good point. I'm not sure if it was in the athletic or where it was, but he said, uh, like at some point, is, will this affect the pitcher's health? Like say you have a guy pitch the last two days, he's ready. He's available for a batter but you, you don't want to, like, throw him out there for a whole inning after he has that much wear on his arm. Like, will that affect a decision? Will a manager push it too far, and will someone blow their arm out because of it? I never really thought of it that way, and that was kind of like, uh oh. Like, when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, pace of play is so slow right now. They're doing anything they can to speed it up, but I guess you do have to worry about player safety at some point, too. Yeah, and that, I did not see that, so that was uh, that's a great um... – Topic, you know, that you brought that up, but yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about it. The pace of play is a problem, I guess, and they're trying to fix it. And implementing new rules is how they do that. And um, I don't, I just don't. Give me a month, and I'll have my uh, full thoughts on it. But um, moving on, uh, I saw you tweeted about this, and we had the same uh, opinion on this. Who do you have? as your opening day starter for the Red Sox? Uh, Evaldi. I think it makes all the sense in the world. Um, I think just given what he did for that team last year, the fact that he, you know, 
jeopardized his career essentially, right? Like he he was willing to risk, you know, that game three. Like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep throwing. I think it was ninety six pitches out of the bullpen after pitching games one and two. Like that guy did everything for your team. I think it sends a great message if, if you have him as the opening day guy and sale price for sale have all already been opening day guys. They all love him. You've seen the aftermath. I don't think anyone would take umbrage with that. I think it just sends a really good message that like this guy was team first. And what do you, what do you end up to uh, show for it there in the world series? He took a loss, right? The one loss. So I think, uh, I think that'd be a, a really strong move on chorus. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, Chad Jennings had an article yesterday about Evaldi and um, was a really, really great piece uh, just talking about how he risked it all there at the end of the season when, you know, he's a free agent. If he gets hurt, his, you know, his career is in jeopardy. And he went out, said screw that, pitched for his teammates, which is by far – it's got to be one of the greatest Red Sox moments in postseason history. Uh, and, you know, when I was watching that, it was like watching a movie. Like, it was that awesome. So, um, if the, I remember just being in the press box out in L.A. We're like, is he really coming out again? Exactly. And that was in, like, the 14th inning, right? <laughs> and then it's like, again, again? It was crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I think that sends a great message to your guys, right? That, like, this guy was all about the team, and now he's going to get rewarded with this opening day start. Yeah, and you you touched on it. Uh, you covered that marathon of a game. How was that? How was covering that game, and how was the morning slash day after? Um, so I actually really enjoyed it just because, so for newspapers, right, our, our last deadline is like 1130 East Coast time. So it got to a point where we had blown through that. I just wrote like an early story on Walker Bueller, who had started that game for the Dodgers and like how electric he was, which is kind of like an evergreen thing. So it's pretty cool just being able to kick back and actually watch the game and not have to write on deadline or anything like that. But I definitely, I jinxed us at one point. Like I remember bars stopped closing or started closing on the East coast. Right. Mm. And people are tweeting about how they're like, Oh, we, uh, you know, we, uh, <laughs> we had to like, watch from the street while we're waiting for our uber like through the windows and i said something along the lines of like yeah hey as long as we get out of here by like last call on west coast time i'm all good we did not we we were at the ballpark till like 3 a.m west coast time yeah that's that was nuts and uh like i i remember watching it and i'm like this cannot be happening and then like when kinsler made his uh air like it just kept on going on, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? This game's never, yep. this game's never going to end." And uh, you know how how uh, dead were you guys the next day? Uh, still not terrible. I mean, the beauty of baseball is <laughs> you didn't have to be back at the ballpark that early the next day. Like if it was like a one o'clock game, it would have been a killer. But uh, you know, it was still five again the next day, so it was fun. I had actually made plans to go and see the. I was staying in Pasadena to go and see the Rose Bowl that day. <laughs> that never happened because I opted for the sleep. But, uh, yeah, it's not too bad at the end of the day. Covering baseball is not too backbreaking. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm i with you. I love that game just because um, it lasts. I mean, that's just that's just beautiful. And the funny thing is I was on the road. I was in Kansas City when uh, that when the marathon game happened. But two years before, I believe, was when the Royals were playing the – I think it was the Mets in like game one, and they and that game was the longest game at that that point, and I was in Kansas City for that, so uh, 
I guess I'm just going to have to keep on going back to Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whenever you want a Marathon World Series game, huh? Yeah, it's it was it was nuts. Um, but the last question I have for you, I know it's not on the topic list I sent you, but um, there's if there's one guy you're predicting for a breakout season on the Red Sox, who is it and why? Uh, I'd go with, well, I mean, I guess if you can count Jackie as a breakout guy, um, he's the one that I would go with. I mean, obviously you've seen it in flashes, but I think this is the year that he's most like ready to actually sustain that. You know, when his back gets hot, he's legitimately one of the best hitters in the league. And with this uh, winter he spent working with J.D.'s swing coach and really like just a continuation of the second half last year when he started tweaking it and working on it, um, I think he's in a really good spot to have a year that like he could really go start to finish and be a be a real impact bat for them. Thank you. That that's the guy I've been saying all winter long uh, to watch for, uh, and I, I just you saw everyone saw it there when he started to find a swing in that Astros series and pretty much all of the postseason. He is dangerous and he is one of the best hitters on the team when he's hot and. It's just I, I do think that um, he's going to have a big, big season. You know, we saw his his uh, new swing right from the get-go. Like his first game, he went deep, and that swing just looked beautiful. And you had a really, really uh, nice piece up at the beginning of this month talking about, um, you know, highlighting how Jackie changed his swing, and you talked to his, uh, you know, hitting coach and all that. And, you know, it's – it it's just been a, I think it it was a great move on Jackie's part to um, really dig in and start uh, working on a swing even more, and I, I think it's going to pay off this season. Yeah, and I think uh, first of all, thanks for saying that. Uh, and you know, I think the thing that stuck out to me is just how committed he is to it. It's not where he's like, oh, I'm going to try this and we'll see, and it's like, no. That's what JD told me. He's like, no, he he came to me and said like, I got nothing right now. Like I'm all in and we're doing this. And the fact that he flew out to see uh, Martinez's swing coach twice in California this offseason makes me think that, like, okay, he's really all in on this. And, you know, there's reason to believe that he can do it for a whole season. Yeah, that's it. it uh, it's, I think it's going to pay off this season, and I really do think he's going to have a big breakout season. Um, but before we close, I just thought of another, you know, question I, I, I have to ask you. Um, prediction for Craig Kimbrell, where does he land? Yeah, I've got no idea. I um, I thought Philly would make a lot of sense if they didn't end up with Harper, just because I think that money would have burned a hole in their pocket, like missing out on Machado and Harper. But now, I mean, I really don't know. I could, I mean, Washington was another place that made sense just with everyone else in that division getting better. But then I saw the things that they don't want to go over the luxury tax. I mean, Atlanta obviously knows how good he can be. Um, I really don't know, but I guess, the NL East wouldn't shock me if he landed somewhere in there just because it seems like everyone in that division is kind of getting better this off season. And I think he's a guy that can help put one of those guys over the top. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. It's this off season has been so weird and I'm just glad, uh, the season's right around the corner. Um, I, we did a prediction show right at, right at the beginning of the winter. And I think I might've gotten like, one or two of the major free agents, right? Like, it just was ridiculous. <laughs> and um, the fact that Harper and Machado were on the board for so long, uh, that makes it even crazier. And Harper 
got that record deal and I'm just I'm just glad it's kind of over. I know Kimbrel's still out there, but um at this point Keichel is a weird one that's yeah, still out Keichel, there too. It's yeah, like Yeah, Keichel. I and the weird thing is we we don't hear much on him and it's just same thing with Kimbrel. Like there's not you'd expect at this point to have like multiple reports a day about um these two mm-hmm. like great pitchers and that's just not the case and it's uh really really strange. I wonder how much this like Keichel experience will affect Porcello's outlook on it too because I think those two are really good comps as like pretty durable consistent guys one Cy Young but like they're not really they're like middle of the rotation guys they're not really like a guy you're expecting to be the ace of a staff um and they're he's going to hit the free agency the same age next year and I wonder if he sees that right in their like similar makeups and if that you know if the Red Sox maybe come to with an extension and he's willing to take less to stay I don't know if that would uh affect the way he looks at free agency yeah maybe i never thought of that but uh, that's a great point um yeah who who knows what happens with all that uh extension talk that that's gonna uh that could be a whole episode just talking about all the guys that um, are um you know up for an extension and you know, who are they gonna sign who are they gonna you know uh, let walk it's it'll be interesting to see it all play out but um i think that's all i have for you chris uh Thanks for coming on. Um, if listeners, uh, I guess, uh, never mind. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, Chris, thanks for coming on. Hope to have you back on uh, another time. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I, I will say this has been one of my favorite interviews so far. I was going to say, thanks, man. Uh, I'm happy to come on anytime. It's a good podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but thanks for coming on, Chris.